welcome back to the Zoe and Jenna podcast. Um, I'm Jenna and it's our real privilege to have you joining us today. We love, we're like nearly up to episode 80 Zoe's and this is just so exciting. So um, we just love those of you that have been here from day one as much as we love those of you who are listening for the first time today. <laughs> so hi Zoe. <laughs> <laughs> hi Jenna, hi everyone. It is so good it's a great day and um we just want to bless your day even wherever you're at right now whatever you're doing you know I know you've turned on and you've tuned into your podcast and here's a bonus we just want to bless you with goodness over your life today and we just want to crown you with all of God's glory and all that you're doing know that everywhere you go you are impacting the kingdom just even by smiling at someone you're making their day and 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 so we just really want to bless you with that today and um Jenna we are super excited (laughs) because we have a beautiful friend with us today don't we Jenna yeah so we um you would have heard a couple of if you had listened to it a couple of weeks ago we talked about how Zoe and I had been at a um an amazing community event uh, for women and we had a, um, a guest from Australia from Toowoomba in Australia Letitia Shelton and we said oh we're going to have to get her on the podcast we didn't want to share her stories for her and guess who we've got here it's Letitia herself so hello 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 <laughs> hello good to be here thank you for having me yeah thanks oh. so much for coming she, um Tisha's over in Fiji at the moment aren't you so we were just saying how you're looking nice and summery as we're like winding down for the day. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good. And we are we are thrilled to have Letitia with us today. So why don't you just buckle up and get ready for some real words of wisdom and some be ready to be inspired. You know, I'm just going to share a little bit about Letitia. She is the founder of City Woman Toowoomba and a city free from porn. She is the author of a few books and especially the Disruptive Women series and nearly the Disruptive Voices of Fijian Women um, book is out. She speaks internationally and nationally, (laughs) encouraging women and men to disrupt darkness with light and the hope of Jesus Mm -hmm. and to live what the Bible says. And she's also just recently started a podcast as well called Disruptive Voices of the Pacific. So Wow, <laughs> that's just like such a little small tidbit. It's hard to, yeah. You so why don't you just tell us? Is there anything else you want to say about yourself? Tell us a bit more. Tell us a bit more about what makes you tick. I love chocolate. I love cycling. <laughs> I think yes, I do take time to breathe. I'm a normal person, um, but yeah, I think um, God's given us one life. And you want to make the most of it. And I live, uh, I don't want to die wondering, you know, what could have been or with regrets. Um, And so you think, let's just have a go. And 90% of the time, the things that I've had a go at have actually worked. It's amazing. Um, And so it's fun. And then it gives you courage to keep having more of a go. So, yeah, I'm currently in Fiji. Um, I used to live here and went to school here. So I've got a number of friends, but nation where two out of three women are raped um, but yet 64 percent of the nation goes to church so there's a lot of a lot of religiosity that goes on that really gets under my skin mm. <laughs> and so I feel like God's called me back um, to come back and forth over the next few years just to keep investing and disrupting and so yeah this is why I'm here 
Amazing. Wow. And I, oh gosh, I'm so excited about this conversation with you because Zoe and I just love the work that you're doing in general and how even in just that little 30 seconds of what you said, you don't mess around with the dross and the fluff. <laughs> you are someone who just gets straight to it and in a really loving and a really um, like, you're not crazy and over the top you're just like I see a problem there's a problem with porn there's a problem with sex trafficking and actually we need to talk about it because if we don't who does so can't wait for this chat with you (laughs) so good you know we've had the pleasure of being um, with you in person and um, and hearing you in other spaces and we know that the encouragement is really there to shift us and to call us all into our own place of where we fit into um what God's doing right now in this season. I just love Esther 414. And, you know, we know that scripture so well, right? For such a time as this. However, what comes a little bit before that, and I think I've spoken about this before, is that if we remain silent, help will come from another place. You see, if the church remains silent, it's going to come, the answer is going to come from another place, not us. And God wants that answer to be us, <laughs> his church, you know, we're the ones that carry the authority. And so we're here for this 414 moment. Yes, such a time as this, that sounds romantic and lovely and so great, but there's that part that comes before it and saying we cannot remain silent. And mm-hmm. so I feel like, you know, when I look at you, Letitia, that's something that you carry so well that like, I can't remain silent that God has got put a nation in my heart and I'm going to carry it and I'm going to labor here. So I really just want to honor you for that mm. and what you're pouring out into and those it, places. It might be going off, off script a little bit here, but how did that start for you? Have you always been like this? Have you been always been someone who's like, I actually need to do something here? Yeah, I don't actually really remember where it started. I don't can't pinpoint a time in my life but I think it's a part of my personality um, and and just the way God's created me but it's certainly it's really cool how yeah the last probably five years or so you really realize oh this is something that God's put in my life Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it's important (laughs) and I need to operate in that and don't be ashamed um, because that's the part where we're a body aren't we and if we don't operate in the areas that God's called us the body doesn't function so, yeah, I think it, it's good when you come to a place where you realize, oh, this is what God's created me for. <laughs> so, so good. So kind of along those lines, what does what would you say that it looks like in your everyday life? Hearing God, um, you know, being directed in the things that you're doing. What does that look like for you? Yeah, for me, it's really, um, I mean, I have a relationship with um, my father, my heavenly father. And so quite often, if I get a thought, I'm like, oh, that, and, it, and if it's not, if it goes according to the word of God and um, lines up with the way I've been created, my gifts and my passions, I just do it. <laughs> I don't go and pray and fast about it for seven years or wait for <laughs> the planets to align or, or for four prophecies. I'm just like, so I think God, I mean, he speaks to us all differently, but for me, it's just so simple and I just keep moving. Okay, something drops into my head and I'll have a go. And if it doesn't work out, well, that's okay. Um, I think for me, it's just more important to keep moving, believing that you're hearing God um, rather than stalling and waiting for all the signs and wonders (laughs) to -hmm. confirm. However, there are times where I do just sit on things for a while as well. 
But I, I feel like um, I just have a very natural relationship with Jesus. I love to cycle when I'm home and that's where I get a lot of just my God thoughts and ideas. And I have an earthly father and I know what pleases him and what doesn't please him. And so I don't have to always ask him <laughs> because I just know, mm-hmm. oh, this is how dad thinks and he'd be really happy with this. Not that I need his permission anymore. I'm, I'm very old. <laughs> um, but I think that's the same with our Heavenly Father. You know, you have this relationship and um, it's just natural. So that's a lot of how I operate. So I think sometimes we're so afraid to make decisions because we think, oh, if I miss God, if I miss God, and then we don't do anything and <laughs> we just sit there waiting, waiting. And I think God's just saying to us a lot of the times, you choose, you know, you're, you're free to have a go. It's for freedom that Christ set us free and that's just not free from our sins. But I think it's free to move and go where he wants and directs and to take a risk and try new things that have never been done before. Wow. I just, I can, I don't know, Zoe, if you felt the same, but there's like, even, even on that, there's so much a weight to that, what you just said, that there's like authority and giving that freedom there because How many times have we all, and I've been on both sides of the conversation (laughs) um, where it's like, oh, but I don't, I don't know. I might be hearing him wrong. Maybe I won't. Maybe I'll just wait. Or, you know, or hearing friends have these incredible dreams and thinking, oh, but I don't know. I don't know how that will ever actually take place. Or it's just, I think this is so key it's like such a pivotal thing to get that God is just saying I love that analogy with your own father that or um you know someone that we love right that if you already know what pleases him what what he would say so just run with it mm, so much freedom yeah come on Come on, that's so good. Um, and uh, I think, you know, Jenna and I, you know, a lot of we talk about in this prophetic podcast is hearing God's voice in our everyday life and then being empowered to live like, to live that way. And so, you know, like the, if, if, if that's you today and most of your life, you've been like this person that said, you know, I know God's doing this and I'm going to step out. And maybe for some reason you've been holding back because other, others around you don't work like that way please hear the freedom that Letitia's giving you today to, t- to take some risks. Faith is spelt risk, right? And so to take <laughs> some risks and I pray that this will be your day. Like you actually, you do, you, you take that bit of a risk. Um, and so talking about risks and disrupting things, <laughs> Letitia, you've written some beautiful little, beautiful is a nice word, but anyway, beautiful, beautifully dangerous, should I call, mm. beautiful and dangerous, beautifully dangerous books called the Disruptive Women series, and there's some of those, and in these books you give, you know, the, the challenge and the permission to stand up against ingrained culture, and taking biblical stories, and putting them in new lights or putting them in the lights they should be in <laughs> and um like what was your heart's desire with these books yeah. again um I kind of just happened upon it so I just started studying the, the women of the bible since I work with women, I thought that would be a nice thing to do um and then realized my goodness these women uh, are not just sitting around doing crafts and drinking cups of tea <laughs> <laughs> times like I grew I love the church and I've grown up in church but I look at what the women do and I'm like this is so boring sometimes yeah -hmm. but I realized these women um they were you know they were everywhere they were building cities they were 
um, causing civil disobedience. They were planting churches. I mean, they funded the ministry of Jesus, you know, mm -hmm. and you think if it wasn't for three kind of business women, would the ministry of Jesus happen? Because Jesus and his disciples had to eat. So they funded that. Um, you've got aunties rescuing babies. Um, it's just, so I've, I realize that wherever, especially for women, wherever their community or family is in danger, they rise up. Wow. <laughs> and there's something in them that just doesn't sit aside. But meanwhile, I've been watching our city and our nation kind of go, go towards hell. And we just sit nicely in church because the church has trained us to be nice, almost. <laughs> and I realize that so many people, when I talk about these women in the Bible, we've never heard about them because we don't preach about them because mm -hmm. we're preaching David and Peter and Jesus. Jesus is important. Um, <laughs> and so I just, I sometimes think, yeah, that the church is kind of is responsible for putting a lid over the women um, and we're not living how the Bible, the women in the Bible live. So I kind of just started writing and posting these things on Facebook. I hate writing. I hate writing. Don't you? Um, I, I am a speaker. I'm happily to speak it. But then I just I think I wrote, I studied one and wrote it and people are like, please do more, more. And then they're like, do a book. And so it all just kind of happened because um, I was pressured into it. <laughs> I love it. You no. just took that step. It just naturally happened. Yeah. Yeah. Then I realized just how powerful the written word is. Mm. Um, but the, the, because this is a prophetic podcast, I can share this and I hopefully look weird, but I'd had a dream the year, the kind of a few weeks before I started writing that a man had captured me and sewn my lips together. Uh, he got a needle and thread and uh, and there was blood and he was trying to sew my lips together. And I remember I was struggling, struggling, and I finally got away from him and I, and, um, and I started running down this big hill and hundreds of women started running after me. And, you know, when you wake up from those dreams and you realise, okay, the enemy's trying to shut my voice up. <laughs> he wants me silent and I've got to break out. Uh, not just for my sake, but for the sake of many, many other women. So um, keeps me going, um, keeps me watching, um, keeps me studying and yeah, speaking out. The enemy wants to sign women. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Wow. Gosh, I it could. Mm. <laughs> I mean, women, we were, we, declared the resurrection of Jesus um, Miriam declared the defeat of the enemy after the Red Sea Hilda declared that the scriptures the the scrolls were the word of God um, it was the woman of the well who was the first evangelist so the enemy is afraid of the woman's voice mm. <laughs> and that's he's used the church to silence us wow start preaching yeah <laughs> Go, girl. We're with you. We're like, yeah, cheering you. Yeah. <laughs> if you guys could see us, you should see Jenna and I. We're like gays and fixed and we're cheering the teacher on. Come on. It's so good. And what a dream. And I love, you know, and we talk about dreams a lot on here because that's something we're very passionate about and how God can put that picture in your mind that can really, you know, we often say that they could have been like, oh, I'll just ignore that. That was scary. I don't want to think about that. But yet, God knew that that picture in your heart would be something that could really move you mm. and, um, and keep you going, you know, through the, through the years. And so 
just it's just incredible um and it's I feel like this God's got a theme his heart's on here already about our voice right it's mm. happened from that first moment we stepped on here that her voice um is, is significant our voices and wow and I don't think that we I don't know if this is what you found too but I don't think we've realized as women <laughs> the power of um I mean the three of us are really fortunate we can we've got the skills and the capability to do these podcasts and um and enjoy using our voice but there will be women listening who are like well I don't really know if I have a place to be able to but I just love the thought that actually like you said it's just one little step and that um if you have children you don't have to be silent <laughs> around what you're speaking over your children if you have a mum or a sister or brothers you can you might not have a platform you might not ever have a platform but actually I don't think that's what you're talking about either is it it's this I, lo- I mean a lot of the stories of disruptive women from history that you bring up are just these powerful like fierce warrior women that just were everyday normal women right yeah I think I I remember one, um, I could be wrong, but, um, and and a bunch of older ladies, like 70s and 80s, would get together after their husbands went to bed, and they would go, they would sneak out of their homes, and they would go and meet, is that right? Yeah, yeah, Yeah. they're not in the Bible, but um, a group, they were called um, the Nine Nanas, yes, and they would sneak out and look at needs in their city, and how they could actually meet needs, and they would see who couldn't have their lights on, who couldn't afford to pay for electricity. And yeah, it's just like a lot of life. There's a few of us who are kind of a bit more upfront, but most of life is, um, and most of society is changed by just the people doing the little things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so important. So um, so, and again, the Bible um, has those women who are just behind the scenes being faithful. Yeah. But they weren't silent. They weren't apathetic. You know, they were always on the move. I mean, in, when you read the history of what life was like for women in Bible times, um, when you study a bit more of um, that, they spent a lot of their time uh, in Bible times, the women making bread um, because that was a big part of their diet and they didn't couldn't go to Woolworths or um, whatever, <laughs> countdown and um, buy a loaf of bread. And so... And also they didn't have their own ovens. And so these women would gather together to go to the public oven in the village square to cook their bread. And as they were going together, they would talk about the needs among their family and and look at around the village and then they would meet the needs. So, you know, women just can't help but gather, look at needs, meet them. How's the community doing? What's happening? How can I help you? That's just how we've been created. (laughs) So... (laughs) love that picture we need a return of the communal oven I didn't know that did you know that Zoe no no and I love that cold. picture <laughs> yeah return of the communal oven all right yeah so good. <laughs> oh my gosh I think this is great well today's communal oven I think the equivalent is the school drop-off because I see mums arrive they stand at the gate they chit-chat how you're doing what's going on oh so and so and then I hear actually a number of needs being met out of just those conversations at the school drop-off wow yeah so good 
Wow, that's so amazing. And um, I, we've, uh, we were going to ask you about your favorite um, disruptive woman, but I think you, if, to, if you still had a favorite, because you've told us so many already, <laughs> um, but if you did have a favorite one, what should, is there any story that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, look, I always just come back to JL. Um, mm. at a tent peg through the enemy's head. Because <laughs> I, not that I love that she did that I, I just love that spirit that just goes enough is enough mm. <laughs> and I'm just gonna, I'm sick and tired because it was Caesarea the captain of the Canaanite army who had been going to battle for years against the Israelites winning war and capturing little girls and bringing them back and she had been watching this and finally you know this dude walks to her tent needing a bit of protection and she's like no way here's your glass of milk go to sleep and cry. and but it's it's that spirit you know and I I read Mm. something the other day why do we only teach about David and Goliath and never about Jael and Caesarea you know Mm. because what David Goliath is just as brutal um and I love the spirit of David and that's all I grew up hearing but to actually know that there's a woman in the Bible that you know faced up to the enemy and chopped his head off as well so why don't we tell so I'm always very careful that when I speak, I tell stories about the women as well. Mm, <laughs> yeah, come on. But gee, we need, I mean, we have an enemy that is destroying our children left, right and centre. And we need this spirit that just goes enough is enough. That's so good. Uh, not sit back any longer. That's not Jesus, doesn't. Jesus never sat down in the face of oppression um, or injustice. But the church, mm. oh, good old sleep. Mm. i'm just thinking as you're as you're sharing there um and around that whole communal oven and the school drop-off or whatever that might look like for people um how easy it is to hear a need um and i don't even mean a a massive community need i just mean even a personal or a you know a, a smaller scale need and to instead of being practical and enough is enough, yeah. like, to just kind of wallow <laughs> or to um, agree with and be like, oh, gosh, yeah, this, I feel the same, da, 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 it's so annoying, isn't it? And then mm-hmm. have this little pity party because that's kind of, again, I think a little bit of our culture, <laughs> and to then just carry on, you might check in, oh, how's that going? But then that's kind of it. And I'm just thinking, like, like you said, that, we actually have the power to change things. And I know you've shared before, can you just share again around your kind of view on prayer with this and around the action that comes with the prayer? Do you mind sharing that? Yeah. I mean, I, I think we hide behind the excuse of prayer. Um, and I know I've always got to be very careful because <laughs> so important. <laughs> and I pray and I have prayer warriors behind me and today I'm emailing them. Um, but we can hide behind it and use it as an excuse. Um, and But God calls us to prayer and action. And I always just think of Esther in the Bible. She called. I mean, she found out her people were going to be killed. And she did call a prayer meeting. And let's pray and fast for the next three days. But then there was action. And she was she was um, going to go in and risk her life um, before the king. So I think prayer and action go hand to hand. Mm. Um and quite often, if somebody asks me to pray for something, the first thing I think of is, can I actually meet this need? Because sometimes mm. we 
But then we over-religious <laughs> religious everything. <laughs> and them asking me for prayer is kind of coated in religious words, like actually I've got this need which I need met. So um, yesterday I met with the, pro- the manager of a safe house for sex workers here in Fiji. Uh, so there's a, there's a safe house where the sex workers are all on the streets over here and they're in danger and they need showers and they need um, health checks and counselling. Anyway, I met with the woman who runs it. She's a lesbian actually, but beautiful woman. And uh, she said, we're really behind in our rent. And, um, and she has all these dreams to um, be able to help, you know, start some businesses so women who don't want to be in the sex industry can, you know, start a hair salon or something. She said, but I'm just spending all my time trying to raise money to keep the house open. Mm. So I, she said, please pray. We can pray. But then I actually thought, well, I, I can actually pray, pay their rent this month. Wow. wow. <laughs> so I help. And then I did a little Facebook post on Facebook because I can do that, just calling for people. Can anyone help regularly give? And um, three people have come forward so far. Not that, and I said to her, I can't promise anything, but this is what I'm going to do. So, you know, we can say, yeah, I'll pray, say a little prayer and never think about them again. Or I can actually think, well, yep, I have a bit of money. I can help. And um, I have a big Facebook following. So let's put the word out there. Um, and let's prayer and action <laughs> otherwise um because god uses us to meet most of our prayers <laughs> or we pray that we can just do how so yeah. so good i um i was just reading a book earlier this week and the author is talking about prayer it's philip yancey and um and he's talking about prayer and he says um that he spent some time and he was, he spent like months just being like, God, why is there poverty in the country of America? It's this rich country. How is there poverty here? Why are there people on the streets? Why are there people in sex trafficking? And da da da, like, come on, why is this happening? And then he kind of felt like God didn't really give him any answers. And after a few months, he was in the middle of that prayer again. And he really felt that God, and just in a moment, was like, yeah, Philip, why? (laughs) Why are there people on the street? Why is there poverty? What are you doing? How come it's happening? Like, and I just, and I, and I hear that in what you're saying too, that God equips us. And when, and I think that it's also, love to hear your thoughts on this too, and Zoe, that between the three of us here, we would have different things that really burn in our hearts, different injustices. And I mean, you could list things off and all of them, you know, we want God to move in, but there are some things that just really stand out that make you really passionate. Right. And so I feel like we can get overwhelmed with, Oh, I can't fix everything, but what's the, what's the one thing (laughs) that you feel really passionate about that you can fix? I feel like that's a good, I don't know. It's a good place to start, isn't it? Absolutely. And I think that's important because, you know, again, I always go, because there's a trillion needs and as women we get guilty Um, we feel guilty if we can't meet them all (laughs) so you know I always come back to is this part of my passion and my calling well sex work is not sex work helping the (laughs) sex work Um, (laughs) yeah but like and because you're always getting but if people want um, money to sell cauliflowers in Africa 
you know, that's not my passion. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Mm -hmm. God will have somebody for that. So I think, and there's, again, it's freedom, just knowing what lane you're meant to run in and running in it and not going into someone else's and feeling because we're so good at feeling guilty and and uh, and I love that the podcast that I did listen to of you ladies you because God's got us all in different areas um you know not everyone can do what I do but and I can't do what you're doing um but just know know where God's called you and do it passionately and unapologetically Mm. (laughs) and hammer eggs through the heads in your area exactly oh yeah so good well actually that brings up the, my next point that I was actually going to talk to you about um Leticia because I know your heart like that story with JL actually started a little bit way back with with Deborah right and Deborah you know she worked with Barak you know Barak I don't know how you would say it and so I know that you know you are here empowering the voice of women but it's not just women right you want to see us all working together for the kingdom like and 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 standing together just like that teamwork happened earlier with you know with Deborah and with Barrack like what does that actually even look to you like or even any thoughts on that I mean something we don't really even think about like yeah look um yeah I have so many thoughts on it oh good (laughs) (laughs) gather them um yeah I mean the male female partnership is so powerful um and we both equally represent Jesus, the God said, I'm going to make you in my image, both male and female. Mm. And so in it, all the males just work together. This is the problem with so many churches because they're all male, so much male heavy. Um, You're cutting out half the image of Jesus. If you've got a leadership team full of men in your church or wherever, then you don't have the voice, the female voice of Jesus. Mm. (laughs) And I was just in Singapore two weeks ago speaking to 500 church leaders from across Asia who all want to impact reach their cities but I said unless you have women on your teams you won't because women see and think differently we have that heart of compassion Um, we feel the pain we have wisdom um, you Mm. know and so that's why we've got now that doesn't mean there's not a place for men's group and women's group Um, and in my work that I do with women I always try and have different men where I can whether it's on the committee level or just um, wherever I can, I, I try and partner with them because I just don't want to be a lopsided. <laughs> but I actually read a statistic this week that um, teams that only have men make decisions, make the right decision 57% of the time and teams that have both men and women make the right decision 75% of the time. <laughs> wow, 57 versus 75 Yes. Wow. Um, and so we need each other. And unfortunately, thanks to Adam and Eve and the fall that then set men and women at war against one another, but God's never called us to be at war with one another, but to go to war together. Oh. And in Genesis chapter one, when God came to launch the biggest mission on planet earth, you know, he was arriving and saying, I want you to go and be fruitful and multiply and have dominion and authority over everything he didn't just come to adam he didn't call together a leadership group of nine men um you know he he got adam and eve male and female and they they were both he didn't say adam your job is more important than eve (laughs) 
uh, he commissioned them equally to go to war together. And in fact, when God said in Genesis 2, I'm going to make a helper for Adam, we always think, you know, that helper is kind of considered someone a bit lower, isn't it? Mm. Um, the servant, <laughs> the helper. But that's a Hebrew word that is Aza, E-Z-E-R, means warrior. So I'm going to, Adam, I'm going to put beside you a fellow warrior. <laughs> you two are going to war together. That same Hebrew word is used another 18 times in the Old Testament to describe how God helped Israel in war. So it's a military term. It's got nothing to do with ironing your shirt and making your lunch. <laughs> Thank the Lord. <laughs> Thank the Lord. And we can still do that. Yeah. We can still, the men can do that too. It's, you know, we've so domesticated uh, mm. the role of a woman. Um, but And women want to do this. It's in their heart. And wherever I speak around the world, gee, they just, oh, this is it. <laughs> mm. But the church is such a narrow domesticated view mm. so is together and that's why that's why Deborah and Barak that's why Mordecai and Esther Ruth and Boaz Joseph and Mary um, Paul when Paul planted the, the church in Philippi he found a group of women Lydia and his group so you know or it's and as I said Jesus ministry wouldn't have happened if it wasn't for women mm. <laughs> so you see the enemy has just turned us against each other and made us ineffective. Wow. Wow. Mm. Drive me bonkers. <laughs> yeah. Can we just go back to that word again? Oh my gosh. God made a warrior. Oh my, I can't. That word again was helper is? is? It's Aza. It's E-Z-E-R. Yeah. Aza. Because the Old Testament's in Hebrew. Yes. We just read it in English and say, help her. Oh, that's, you know, get my coffee. Yeah. Mm. Mm. Gosh, wow. it just changes everything, doesn't it? One word. One word. And, yeah. Mind-blowing. <laughs> Mind-blowing. Wow. <laughs> so good. <laughs> so good. We um, are probably kind of coming to an end here. We don't want to end that. Um, we just have. You just are so full of wisdom and I love that it just flows out of you. I love that you are really someone who is living what you believe and you are unapologetic about it. So um, thank you. And we kind of just wanted to ask you as well. We know that you are living the beautiful single life as you go mm -hmm. and travel around the world and speak to, how many did you say? 5,000, was it? Five. Oh, <laughs> maybe maybe there was prophetic Next 500 time. um you know leaders and you are um you're doing it all and we've um Zoe and I have got some incredibly amazing amazing friends that are single and um in that place in life and we just wonder what how would you encourage people who are single and listening to be also not feeling less than, but feel that their role is, is just as equal and important because it's not sometimes society's message either. So I wonder, I wonder what you'd say to that. Yeah. Well, I think it's more normal in society. The church. I, I thought that as soon as I said it, I was like, actually probably not society. It's really more church. <laughs> Quite acceptable to be single in the society. Yeah. Um, 
want to say you're not a half person because you're single and you're whole, you're full, um, and that it's, yes, it's hard, um, can I say, being single. It's not easy and I've had my cries and my misunderstanding and everything, but marriage is not easy either. Mm. <laughs> I watch friends and I'm like, oh, gosh, that looks like actually I'm happy single. So life is easy. And the grass is not greenest on the other side. It's greenest where you water it. And mm. so, you know, it hasn't always been my desire to be single or my plan, um, but it's where I am. And God, if this is what you have for me, then this is what I'm going to water for your glory and use it the most. Because I see just, again, too many Christian women waste time, waste their life waiting for life to start until they meet that perfect one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> who isn't perfect and then there's a whole heap of other issues um and so I just think uh, single people we are unique like I could never have done what I was have done if I wasn't single um now God does other things through married people um just as effectively but um we've just got to surrender our life give it to him and say God here I am and use me and just fill that void and when the bible says he's more than enough he is more than enough mm. um i travel and i feel him in the airports i feel him on my airplane mm. <laughs> i see him um and he really he and as you know being married he's got to be that first position as well mm. uh, more than enough because yeah marriage is hard so yeah if you're single just go for it um mm. god wants to you and don't feel like you're half the person um, just where you are because you're valuable. Preach it. We <laughs> wholeheartedly agree. Wholeheartedly agree. Oh. Mm. Thank you so much. Yeah. Thank you for your time. <laughs> Thank you. Oh, goodness. What you're doing is incredible. What you're doing in your city is incredible. And God is just at work in New Plymouth. And I'm cheering you guys on and have loved being a part of your journey. So keep going. Amazing. Thank you, Letitia. We'll pop some details of how people can um, get linked in with you in any way possible. You never know. There might be some more people wanting to help out with that safe house and the rent there that hear this. So, um, Head to the show notes and you'll be able to find Letitia there. And otherwise, until next time, have a great week, everybody. Bye.